0: What's going on guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Farah I am going to go over week two matchups today. Going to go over the first eight games uh, in this podcast and then tomorrow we're going to drop the next eight games. Uh, we're definitely going to talk about that that Thursday night game, uh, that thrilling Giants and Washington football team game on Thursday night. Uh, Listen, after not having football for so long, I'm just happy this football. I'm thankful, all right? I'm not taking it for granted in week two, okay? Uh, Joey couldn't make it for this podcast, but that's okay. Uh, I'm here to give you what I can in terms of these matchups, what to look out for, you know, a little bit of week one usage as well. You know, uh, I'll definitely go into, you know, some guys who I'm looking at this week as potential buy lows, uh, guys who, you know, might have performed a little bit too high, but their usage, uh, you know, uh, their performance was, you know, maybe a little bit more elevated than what their usage indicates, that makes sense. Uh, I don't know if it does. I'm recording this pretty late at night, so uh, a lot of things that I say might not make a lot of sense. But I hope everybody's doing well. I hope everybody got who they wanted on their waivers. Uh, But let's get right into it. Um, Giants and Washington football team... Uh, as far as Saquon Barkley goes, like I'm expecting another limited workload, going up against a tough defense too. This is probably in a void if I can. Like I'm okay missing out on Saquon's first big game, right? It's going to come at some point, but if he's still limited, we should still we should see more from Sterling Shepard, right? Who's a fine wide receiver, three start this week. Uh, he's not Keenan Allen, but you know Allen was able to do his thing last week, running most of his routes out of the slot. Um, And Shepard did run about 69% of his routes from the slot last week. Um, Evan Ingram likely out again. So Shepard should see some targets after seeing a very healthy 25% target share last week. Um, Kenny Galladay should see his target share increase. It was at 17% last week. I do expect that to be, you know, over 20% for the season. And he has the upside of hitting 25% at some point as well. So, um, you know, you can put him in your lineup. It it is a little bit of a tougher matchup, but you know, it's one of those things where, you know, he's a wide receiver three, you know, so, uh, you know, if you have better options, sure, go for it, but I'm not like looking for a reason to like to bench him or anything like that. Um, on the other side of the ball, Terry McLaurin has a tough matchup against James Bradbury this week. Um, this seems like a clear shadow situation to me, you know, we'll see what they do here. Um, the 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 Giants actually did a relatively decent job last week against perimeter wide receivers. They gave up uh, some catches, but that's really about it. You know, Sutton was kind of shut down as well. Um, like I'm not going out of my way, like you know, with McLaurin to, to bench him. Uh, you know, there is some unknown, you know, with Taylor Heineke. But you know, uh, listen, McLaurin you know, against the Giants, you know, he had good games. Uh, it's tough to say, you know, that I'm looking forward to this game for McLaurin, But you know, if I have another legit option with a good matchup, like a legit wide receiver too, with a good matchup, I'm fine doing it, and I'm fine avoiding, you know, this <laughs> this 41 point over under that this game has as well. I think it's the lowest scoring game on the slate. Um, but yeah, so if McLaurin is shadowed, Logan Thomas can potentially be targeted a bit more as a second option on this passing offense. Uh, his A dot was like right there with McLaurin, believe it or not, and and was even higher than Diami Brown, who's known as like his downfield guy. So, um, and his route participation was above ninety percent. Um, so he's going to be in my lineup this week if he's my tight end one. Antonio Gibson's workload is very solid. He's getting almost all the work in the run game. He got all the targets, uh, in, you know, in the pass game as well uh mckissick got none and yeah like he's not the passing down back like mckissick's still mckissick's still on the field for a lot of that but he's but gibson's being targeted when he's running routes uh, which is what you want right um like it's concentrated targets it's similar like, to what you saw to like aaron jones last year right um and the, the year before too um so gibson you know he's an rb1 if this usage continues uh i'm starting him for sure the Giants gave up the second most rushing yards last week, and that was mostly because of that one big run by Melvin Gordon. But it it does show that you know they they might be susceptible to that sort of thing. All right, moving forward to Saints and Pat at Panthers. Uh, it's a 44 and a half point total right now. Uh, you're obviously starting Alvin Kamara, Tony Jones. Like he's not a standalone start just yet. Uh, he didn't get much work until they decided that the game was out of hand last week against the Packers. Uh, you he's starting CMC obviously. Tough matchup, but it doesn't matter. Um I, I think Marquez Calloway is someone to monitor and, and if you want to start him out of necessity, sure. But otherwise, like I'd rather just leave him on my bench until he proves it with some targets and some production. Like I'm not dropping him yet, right? Like if, if you're if you're considering that. Um he wasn't shadowed by Jair Alexander last week, by the way, but he you know, he did you know, but he did play all of the snaps for the for the Saints and ran all the routes. So I'm hoping that he could bounce back. Now Adam Troutman and Juwan Johnson are doubt are dart throws at tight end. Uh, Johnson obviously was the guy for Jameis in the end zone last week, catching two touchdowns, but but Troutman ran way more routes than Johnson did and also led the team in targets. So I'd say that Troutman is actually the better start between the two guys. You know, until we see Juwan start running more routes, you know, his production will be less uh, predictive. Uh, And their quarterback, James Winston, he makes a fine streaming start this week. He could potentially be your quarterback all year uh, if you decide to pick him up and stream him. Now, on the other side of the ball, DJ Moore was the clear wide receiver one for the Panthers last week. 24% target share. He led the team in air yards. Um, Robbie Anderson, you know, only three targets in this game, right? Pretty disappointing. The one ball he caught was for that long touchdown. You know, great for the revenge game narrative, but not so great in terms of, like, overall usage. Uh, I, I'm not sure I, I'd want to depend on that right now, especially in this matchup. Um, so I'm, I might be looking for another option for, for Robbie. Um, you know, depending on you know if they use him a little bit differently this week, then that'll be great. But like it just those those three targets, were, it was not uh, it was not what you want to see, right? Terrace Marshall, you know, it might be part of the reason because you know he's really making his present f- presence felt. You know, in this three wire receiver set, he was targeted more than DJ Moore on a per route basis last week uh he was the main end zone target and you know we know that Sam Darnold loves to target the slot and and that's what he's been doing right and that's part of the reason why and he's coming he's running most of his routes from the slot uh if I can acquire him right now honestly like I would I I would by the way so uh tough overall matchup for these guys against the Saints so I knocked them down a peg but but DJ Moore is still a borderline wide receiver too this week okay moving on to the Bengals and Bears uh looks like a 45 point total on this one so it's a decent a uh, decent total there. Joe Mixon, finally a bell cow. First time in his career. 78% of snaps. He's getting all the work in the run and pass game. It, it's finally happening. Um, he, he's a top five running back if his usage continues. Uh, this matchup isn't amazing, but it really doesn't matter. The Bengals can easily attack that secondary, give Mixon multiple chances inside the five to score. He's also going to be involved in the pass game, so his floor is high. It, it's just one of those situations where you're always starting your studs, and Mixon's usage makes him a stud. Right now. Um now that secondary uh on the other side of the ball, like you know, you definitely wanna want to have Jamar Chase in your lineup. You can definitely have T T Higgins in your lineup and hopefully Tyler Boyd can provide some wide receiver wide receiver three numbers for you. Um or at least be a solid PPR flex. The Bears, uh they gave up the fifth most fantasy points to wide receivers last week. Um great matchup. This Bears secondary is going to be vulnerable all year long. So I'm looking to start any and all wide receivers against this Bears secondary. Um, it just looks too easy for the Rams last week. Um, and also, like, we knew that this secondary was going to be bad. Um, who else? David Montgomery looked really good last week, right? Like, unfortunately, Damian Williams is pretty involved in the pass game and is his complement there. So he is the guy coming in, like, on third and longs and stuff like that. Um, and he's also coming in on certain pa- in certain passing situations. Um, and that, But that's okay. You know, David Montgomery did look good. Um, you know we're, we're obviously not seeing the same usage we saw last year when he had that big run where he was like an every down back. But you know as long as he scores, you'll be happy. I think like the way he's running and he just looks he looks pretty good. So he's a solid RB two this week. Um, Allen Robinson, you know, <laughs> he gets a much better matchup this week from what he had last week against Jalen Ramsey and company. Um, you know he's a high end wide receiver too. I'm hoping that his usage gets a little better in terms of the kind of routes he was running. I think there was a, like a graphic that like the NFL Next Gen Route chart graphic was going around and it wasn't encouraging. It wasn't great, and it's just like, you know, you you look at Adam Gase. Oh, did I say Adam Gase? I'm sorry. I meant Matt Matt Nagy, who's the second coming of Adam Gase. But like, I don't know, man. This this just this offense is just. I just feel like it's been underperforming, right? And you 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 think like how long is is Matt Nagy's, um, you know, for for lack of a better word, how long his leash is going to be, right? Um, But, yeah, we'll see if Justin Fields can turn it around, and he better turn to Justin Fields pretty soon, honestly. I have a feeling it's going to happen. Um, And and Darnell Mooney, like, he isn't a start just yet. He's really just a bench stash until Justin Fields is the starter, and it might happen sooner than you think. So I'm picking up Justin Fields where I can, especially if you need a quarterback. Um, Cole Komet is a streamer this week in deep leagues. I, I wouldn't be starting him in 10 or 12 team leagues, if you're in a 14-team league, that's kind of where, where I'll be considering it, unless like everyone's holding like a backup tight end and you have like no options, which usually isn't the case. Um, I'm assuming that Kmet is, is available in most leagues, and uh, if you're in a deeper league, then yeah, sure. Um, okay, moving on to the Texans and Browns. Um, the Browns favored by 12 points in this one. Point total of 48. This game just screams Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, uh, mainly Nick Chubb here. Both guys should be in lineups this week. Uh, as bad as you thought the Texans were, the Jaguars were way worse, and they're not going to play the Jaguars every week. So don't expect the Texans to like do their thing against <laughs> against the Browns though anywhere close to it the way they did it to the to the Jaguars last week. Um, I do expect the Texans to have to throw a lot by necessity, but I don't think they have much success. Like the Browns can rush the passer, obvious passing situation is not going to be good. Um, you can start Brandon Cooks as a wide receiver three, but I'm personally avoiding if I can. I know he was able to get it done last week, but the Jaguars' defense and the Browns' defense are on two completely different ends of the spectrum. So on top of that, I can see the Browns only type of time of possession here too. It, it just it doesn't look like a good time for Tyrod and and the rest of his team. So uh, I think if anyone the game favors David Johnson, I wouldn't start Mark Ingram in this one. You know if you're you know, if he scored scored a touchdown, great. Like, but it's not going to do much for you without some volume on top of that. So, if you're in a PPR league, I think David Johnson is a flex option if you don't have many other options. Um, OBJ is out in this game as well, so Jarvis Landry is like a legit wide receiver three play with wide receiver two upside. He probably gets vaulted to wide receiver two with OBJ out, especially considering his usage. Um, like, and last week without OBJ, he was, Landry was the guy. Um, so th- there might not be a ton of volume to go around here, but Landry should get his in the first half, at least, uh, in a good matchup. All right, moving on to Rams and Colts, 48 point total. Daryl Henderson pretty much had a hundred percent of snaps to his name last week. Sonny Michelle came in for like a snap or two, but that was it. You would think that Michelle would be playing much more by now, right? Like, like that trade was a few weeks ago. Uh, for now, Henderson is in must start territory, even in what looks like a tough matchup on paper, right? Against the Colts. Um, the Rams are favored in this game though. So the, like the, the cold secondary can give up some yards too. So, you know, Henderson has a couple different ways to score for you, right? Well, he'll have chances to score, you know, as well. And by the way, he got a hundred percent of the goal line carries last week. Um, so, you know, uh, not only that in the past game, like, even though he got like one catch in this game, he was also on a route on almost all of Matt Stafford's dropbacks last week. So he's shaping up to have one of the best usages and the best roles uh, of of any fantasy football running back at this point. Uh, Matt Stafford like looked great right in this offense, super efficient. Looked easy for him last week. Him and Sean McVay together, you know, you kind of saw this coming. Um, I'm definitely rooting for Matt Stafford. You know, I, I, I know a lot of see like whenever I, I I hear about people hating on like any any quarterback or anybody like in that position, like I just end up rooting for them. Lamar Jackson, Matt Stafford you know, guys who think that, like, you know, like, they, they just suck, right, and, like, you know, they're in better situations, and with better situations, and better coaching, I think they can do their thing, honestly, better weapons, too, um, but yeah, so, but he's a quarterback one, Matthew Stafford, right now, uh, fantasy quarterback one with this scheme, his weapons, and, you know, in this game, that that high point total is, is looking good, too, uh, and Cooper Cup, you know he's the beneficiary of the Rams going back to eleven personnel. You know he's going to continue to ball out. Robert Woods is going to be fine too. It was interesting last week. He wasn't in for like all of Matt Stafford's uh, throws, right? Um, we'll see what happens this week. Uh, and it was it was it was fine. Like it was high enough, but like it wasn't like at a hundred percent like it usually is. Uh, Van Jefferson was closer to that threshold than Robert Woods was, and Robert Woods was coming off the field a couple times for Deshaun Jackson. Um, I'll still be starting him as a wide receiver too, but I'm hoping that the you know that like, like we don't start getting concerned with his usage. Um, Tyler Higby, man, he is somebody who I'm definitely not concerned with usage. He is getting elite usage right now. He ran a route on ninety three percent of Stafford's dropbacks last week, and for a tight end, honestly, that's nuts. Twenty four percent target share, only behind Cooper Cup. He, he, if this continues, he has a he has a chance to be a top five or maybe even higher tight end this year, uh, and he's in your lineup regardless of matchup right now. Now, on the Colts side of the ball, it's a tough matchup, especially through the air. I'm not excited about any of the Eagles' pass catchers this week, including Devontae Smith. Um, like He is a legit wide receiver three right now, considering his usage, and he can be fine. But he's not like a must-start or anything. right? Um, Jonathan Taylor's involvement in the pass game last week was awesome. Um, really hope that that can continue. Uh, that would basically mean that if that does continue, like he's not playing on passing downs, but if it does continue... Um, that would basically mean that him and Naheem Hines would account for, like, 40%, 45% of total target share. Like, I doubt that that continues. But, like, I think 25% or so uh, between the two of them can be sustained and and be just fine for them. Um, That was RB1 usage, obviously, from Taylor last week. And and Hines definitely involved. Hines is a PPR flex himself until further notice, until his targets go down um, by a bunch. Because he got a bunch of targets last week. Uh, now, as far as Carson Wentz goes, I'm not streaming him this week. I was fine streaming him last week, but this week, not so much. Uh, Broncos at Jaguars. Uh, Broncos favored by 6, 45.5 point total. Now, I'm not excited to start Melvin Gordon or Javante Williams because they're near even split last week, but this this is the Jaguars, right? And if Mark Ingram can get it done, one or both of these guys can. So I'd normally rank both as flex options. Uh, but I'd upgrade them to, like, like upside flex options. <laughs> um, n- I don't think e- neither will be ranked in my top 24. I don't think, at least. I'm not obviously done with my rankings, but I don't think so. Uh, Gordon isn't going away right now, especially after his big play last week, right? Like, it, it, you could have easily seen, like, Gordon, gets, Gordon struggles, Gordon struggles two, three games in a row. But, no, it, it, it didn't happen. Like, everyone who drafted Devontae Williams... Was watching that Melvin Gordon run like no, please no, this is just going to delay, delay everything, right? Um, so he's not going away right now. Um, he's also preferred in the pass game as well. Um, now we didn't get a chance to see either get a carry inside the five yard line. Now as as far as like short down and distance, um, I think it was yeah it was Javante Williams got the a little bit of an upper hand there. He got a couple more snaps there um, than Melvin Gordon. Um, but I, honestly, like Melvin Gordon's use in, usage in the passing game, you know, it's a little bit more pref- it's a little preferred than than what Javante has right now. So Javante has that long term upside, but you know R- Melvin Gordon honestly might be the better start if I had to start one today. Um, with Jerry Judy out, Noah Fant is like a top seven, top eight tight end option at tight end. He kind of already was, but there are other tight ends like that are above him that you know you kind of just rather start. He's pretty safe. Um, he has a little bit of upside because of his athletic ability. Um, I do think that Teddy Bridgewater holds him back a little bit, but at the same time, Teddy Bridgewater is the type of quarterback who will target Noah Fant. Noah Fant was like his favorite target um, last week outside of Jerry Judy. So the matchup is good enough here this week with with uh, Noah Fant. Uh, Tim Patrick becomes a flex option. I'm not sure I can rank him as a wide receiver three, and, and if he is, it'll probably be like a low-end wide receiver three. I still think Cortland Sutton gets the majority of targets with Fant, and then, um, and then you know Patrick will get fed after that. I think so. You know, decent enough matchup for you to start him in. Though um, I'll probably start Sutton as a solid wide receiver three this week. Uh, on the other side of the ball, DJ Shark was the guy most involved and with the highest upside at this point. You know, from you know how they used these wide receivers in Week One. Um, so after not playing at all in preseason, getting hurt early in camp. Of course, he's the one to be the target leader. 24% of target share uh, compared to Marvin Jones and LaVisca Chenault's 18%. He led the team in air yards as well. Uh, Didn't connect on more than half the targets, but the usage is promising. Like, I'd start him as a mid-wire receiver three right now. I'll move Marvin Jones and Chenault to, like, low-end wire receiver threes. Uh, In most games, they're going to pass a ton, so they're all playable. Um, You know, it's it's possible that the, the distribution becomes tighter at some point, but... You know, this week the matchup is slightly tougher, you know, particularly for Chenault against Bryce Callahan out of the slot. But on the outside, um, it, it's it's not terrible. Um, now, it, it sucks, but James Robinson is a flex option at best right now. Like, he's sharing the rushing work with Carlos Hyde. Hyde's even the primary ball carrier right now with Robinson playing the passing down work. It's possible that Robinson's role grows, but I just don't trust him right now. He's not there yet. Hyde is still very involved. Um, I I have to mention James O'Shaughnessy. You know, <laughs> this dude ran as many routes as Lavisca Chenault got his, got almost as many targets as as Chenault and Marvin Jones. So if he's out there and you're looking for a streamer, like he seems like a relatively high floor PPR option if they keep using him like this. Like, who knows? Like, maybe he sees the end zone targeted too on top of this type of usage. Um, that would actually, it's crazy that we're talking about James O'Shaughnessy, though, as a fantasy option. Only, only Urban Meyer. Only Urban Meyer. All right, let's move on to the Bills and Dolphins. Um, 47.5 point total. Uh, Josh Allen last week, you know, he had a tough time against the Steelers. Not the first time, but he'll obviously be back in my lineups this week against Miami. Uh, Devin Singletary played on 75% of snaps last week and still couldn't get anything going. He's just a flex option, unfortunately. They're just not passing there to their running backs at all, despite him running a ton of routes. Um, they're super pass heavy, so they're not giving him enough carries. Uh, also, who knows? Maybe Zach Moss is active this week, so you just, you just kind of have to avoid this backfield completely. um It sucks because this is a great offense, and you would think you want a piece of this backfield now. You know, if Zach Moss doesn't, is already inactive again, you know, 75% of snaps is 75% of snaps. So, you kind of have to play Devin Singletary as a flex option, you know. Um, Stefan Diggs is in, um, you know, obviously despite a potential tough matchup against Xavier Howard. Um, I'm assuming Howard shadows him in this game. He did it late last season. Uh, but even in that game, Diggs still produced. And he produced even while in Xavier Howard's coverage because he's a baller. Uh, Colt Beasley, you know, simply a PPR wide receiver three. Like he finished as a wide receiver two last year, and he has the same role this year despite the addition of Emmanuel Sanders. So you can start him any week. And honestly, this might this might be the week to start the guy running routes out of the slot given that the two perimeter corners the Dolphins have, you know, is Xavier Howard and Byron Jones. Um, Now, I have a feeling that Tua... Tagovailoa is going to creep into the top 12 quarterbacks this year, given the way the Dolphins are attacking through the air. Um, you know, Will Fuller's back this week. You know, he has weapons. Devontae Parker, Jalen Waddell, Miles Gaskin, Mike Kosicki. So it's really tough to start. And, and they're like a downfield, like, aerial attack. That's how they're playing right now. Um, so, you know, it's really tough. At the same time, like, it's, it's funny I say that because it's, like, tough to start these Dolphins wide receivers unless you you need them in your flex. Like, you really need to know their role with Fuller back to see like who's running the most routes, you know where they're running their routes, all that, right? So I'll definitely look into that after this game. For now, like, you know I'm avoiding, you know their matchup isn't great either. Like I'm avoiding only if you 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 have that you, you're at you have the liberty to, right? Like if you have, um, you know Mike Ksiki I'm not starting. His usage wasn't good. Um, in terms of like Jalen Waddle, like I'm okay starting him. He still has upside. Devontae Parker, you know, has a solid upside. Um, Will Fuller, first game back, I might avoid. That's kind of how I'm playing it. Now, Miles Gaskin uh, is in a three-man backfield. He only played on 54% of snaps. You know, Malcolm Brown, Salvin Ahmed involved. He does have the receiving role on lock, though, pretty much. So he'll get his targets. So, you know, you can probably start him as a back-end RB2 right now in PPR. And if you're not in PPR, I'm not sure what he brings you unless he goes for like a big play touchdown, honestly. Okay, moving on to the Patriots at Jets. Uh, Low point total at 43. Patriots are favored by five and a half points. Another low-scoring game here. Um, New England did a pretty good job last week against Miami's wide receivers as a whole. Corey Davis is like the clear wide receiver one for the Jets, Uh, but Jamison Crowder is coming back this week. Elijah Moore. You know, might see some more targets. This this defense is pretty good, so we do have to bump you know Corey Davis down a bit, despite the big game last week, um, especially that second half that he had. You know, I, I'll call him like a wide receiver three this week without a ton of upside. Wide receiver two on most weeks. Uh, as far as as far as um, Elijah Moore goes, I'm keeping him on my bench as long as possible. Like I'm very curious to see his role with Crowder back. And, you know, if they end up, if he ends up with a full complement of snaps and routes again, like, I'm definitely keeping him on my bench. So You know, to, and I want to see if he rotates at all, right, with Crowder, you know, if Keelan Cole rotates rotates in at all. So, we'll see how that goes. You know, Moore has a lot of upside. So, I'm, I'm keeping him until, like, you know, he gets enough opportunity for me to judge him on. And if he, if he ever gets that opportunity, I do think that he'll ball out. Uh, he did have a ton of area odds, though, by the way. And he, he had a couple of catches that were called back in this game, even though he had, like, I think a total of minus three yards. (laughs) Um, Now, this Jets backfield is a complete mess. I'm staying away, especially in this matchup. Um, Damian Harris, great start this week. I expect the pass to be up all game, and the game script will be in his favor, so he can easily see 20-plus carries for the second straight week. Touchdown dependent, obviously, but he'll get volume. Now this isn't a James White game script coming in, but he can still get you five to six catches even in this type of game. Like they were in a neutral game script last week against Miami, and they he still got you like a ton of ton of catches, right? Um, so if the like, if the Jets choose to try to take away the tight ends that they have, the wide receivers that they have, then like James White can easily get you know get peppered with some targets underneath. Um, now all the Patriots pass catchers have some upside this week because of. What the Jets lack in the secondary. John Smith and Hunter Henry don't seem like startable assets at this point. You know, like judging by their usage last week. Nelson Aguilar, you know, might get a big play. But Jacoby Myers is the play over him for me. He had a 25% target share last week. He was in a route on almost every pass that Matt Jones threw. So he's the guy. Even though Nelson Aguilar had the bigger week. Does that make sense? I hope it does. You can play Nelson Aguilar because it's a good matchup. And he, he can easily, you know get over that jet that that jet secondary that hardly exists so you know he's like an upside you know flex play i guess right um but yeah that's pretty much it so i think i went through like eight games one two three four five six seven eight yep that's all i got so I'll, i'll come back with another eight games uh tomorrow in tomorrow's podcast i think joe's gonna join me for that one so we'll have a little bit of a conversation about these games uh hope everybody has a great day um, I hope everybody, uh, are you guys going to, yeah, no, you guys going to hear this on Thursday, so enjoy the game, enjoy Thursday night's game, uh, despite it being Washington and New York, <laughs> uh, but yeah, guys, take it easy, I'll talk to you guys soon, see ya!